1: The reason this is mentioned, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, is in those days, especially in the Roman area, in the Olympic area, in those days in their own way that they loved these sporting things, the runners very often, you don't even want a picture of this, but the runners very often ran naked. Now, why would they run naked? Because there's nothing to slow them down.
0: Did you ever try to run in work boots? Not very fun. And ladies, how about running in high heels? It's very hard to do. You become very aware of your feet and how they're being hindered from doing what you're trying to do. Well, in Pastor Mark's teaching today, you'll find out that there are things in your life that weigh you down and keep you from advancing in your walk with Jesus. You'll hear about what some of those are and more importantly how you can put them aside so that you can run like God wants you to. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 12 as he continues his message, the race of faith.
1: by a show of hands, you don't have to be embarrassed, I just want to kind of see. How many of you are in some kind of a small group, whether it's men's, or women's, or divorce care, or a home group, or you're in a musician and you have fellowship? How many are in some kind of a small setting where you're connected to somebody? Let me just see your hands. Good. Good percentage. Now, if I asked that on Sunday morning and Saturday night, it'd be different. You see, you have to be connected, guys. Robert's here, as I said, from China that that we stayed with. And I was so encouraged after Sunday teaching in that church. I went Monday morning to his accountability group. And it was exciting. Got up at 6 o'clock, went over, sat there in China, and here were some other guys. And they were keeping each other accountable. Guys, you can't run it alone. If you didn't raise your hand... Let me say this kindly to you as your shepherd. You're in danger. You need somebody to be accountable to. So get yourself plugged in. Home group, small group, men's, ladies, all kinds of things. Find a way to get yourself connected. We simply don't want to run the race alone. You can't do it. Not meant to do it. Paul says we, us. He joins people together. Now, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, the life of faith. Chapter 11, what was their example? You have to run by faith. Let us strip off, strip off every weight that slows us down. Notice, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. I chose the New Living Translation for a purpose. I like illustrations. This one I'm not going to illustrate for you. You already know where I'm going, don't you? The runners today, if you get online, go to Amazon.com and look for light running clothes. You'll find them. The shirts, the pants, the shoes, they hardly weigh anything. You look at them and you go, "Can can that be a shirt? It is. Well, they get that. And the reason this is mentioned, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, is in those days, especially in the Roman area, in the Olympic area, in those days in their own way that they loved these sporting things, the runners very often, you don't even want a picture of this, but the runners very often ran naked. Now, why would they run naked? Because there's nothing to slow them down. So, I said to you, I'm not illustrating that. How many are glad I'm not illustrating that? Praise God. My wife is here, and she'd be clapping like crazy. All right. By the way, she's coming back. I'm going to tell her that I didn't do it, so she'd be very happy with me. Now, to run, we have to do some things. We have to prepare some things. Here's the first thing I want you to write. Number one, you have to run without weights. I'm going to identify for you some weights, We'll go through some of those, and then we'll have something else. So the first thing I have to do if I'm going to run, and I'm going to use this backpack is an example. It's loaded with stuff. It's heavy. If I had to run with this, it'd be very difficult. Now, as you think about this, first thing I have to do is I have to identify what a weight is, and then I have to strip it off. You can't strip it off for me. I have to do that. That's the discipline. Now, you can encourage me to do it. You can see me running and say, what are you doing? You can't run efficiently with that. Now, we know about weights and extra luggage and carrying this thing around. One of the things that might encourage you, this is a little off the subject, but it's not, if you struggle with weight, and pretty much everybody in America struggles with weight to some degree, and you want to be encouraged to take some off, what I encourage you to do is get you a ten pound bag of rice on one hand and another, and if you can afford it, if you can find it now in America, and just walk one city block with that and go, man, that was like a killer. Then walk a block without it. That's twenty pounds. If you're 20 pounds overweight, that's what you just did. And if you lose that, what a difference. It's huge when we see that. 20 pounds doesn't sound like much until you start walking with it. And then you go, whoa, what a difference. Well, how do we know about weight, excess weight today in traveling? You understand if you travel at all, what have the airlines just done? Remember when you could carry almost any luggage you wanted to an airline now? American Airlines just added to the list. American, United, Delta, JetBlue, U.S. Air, you name it, they've all done it. What have they said now? Unless you're a special member and fly a lot, if you're going to fly regular coach like most of us do with the cows, you get in your seat and sit, and it's not international if it's local, you can carry how many bags? How many? One bag. If you carry two, what are they going to do? They're going to charge you 25 bucks. And by the way, your one bag can only be 50 pounds. So if you're going to buy one bag, buy you a big bag. So you can put more in it. Can't go over 50, but buy a big bag. Don't buy a small bag anymore. It's foolish. You do two bags, 25 bucks. So it's a perfect illustration. Why are they doing this? Because weight causes what happens to their fuel? Fuel consumption goes down. Same thing with your car. If you're carrying around a lot of stuff in your car that doesn't need to be there, and I'm not talking about your wife now. <laughs> Some of you email me and get me all in trouble. If you're carrying stuff in the back, you forgot to take it out of the trunk, take it out because your gas mileage will get better. See, the airlines did it because it impeded their profits. They're losing billions. And so they're looking at every way. I read recently many of the airlines have now changed, one airline changed their silverware to a lighter weight silverware. I haven't seen silverware for a long time. I see the plastic stuff myself. I don't know about you. But they did that for one reason what? To lighten the load. So you and I see this. It shouldn't be difficult for you to understand the principle that Paul's talking about. Now, we call this what? Tell me. Lug. Luggage. Say it with me. Say it with me like this. Lug-age. age It's luggage. It's hard to carry around. And so what are these things that we want to kind of identify and then strip off? You know, if you travel, I remember Linda and I went a few years ago to Portugal And we decided when we went, we would simply travel by bus and subway. We weren't gonna rent a car. We knew because we've traveled a lot, we just took a little teeny actually it was about a twenty-one inch bag that had wheels in one backpack each for seven days. And we traveled all over Portugal. I've been many other places where I've seen, especially in London, if you go to London and the subways, you gotta walk down these stairs. Like, you think you're walking to hell. It's like hundreds of stairs to get to the subway. And I watch these people, they're on vacation. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 30-pound things that they're trying. And the vacation becomes what? It's a drudgery. And you go, you'll learn next time not to do that, won't you? Yes, I will. Miserable. Do you know some of you are miserable? Don't even know you're miserable. Because you've never... Lighten the load. So our writer gives us a command. Strip off everything that's a weight. Now, let me just give you a few weights. There's lots more. Number one, the weight of too much stuff. And the reason we have too much stuff is because it's greed. Ecclesiastes 4 says this Then I observe that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. But this too is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Fools fold their idle hands, leading them to ruin. And yet, better to have one handful with quietness than two handfuls with hard work and chasing the wind. Now You know, we're not against things. But we have to be careful. The world's advertising system is built on this principle, to create a need, to create an envy between what you have and what your neighbor has. And when we succumb to that, it's simply that which is going to Hold us down. Being in debt, I'm not going to talk about that other than to say that, is a huge weight. Now, remember as we go through these weights, maybe I need to make this a little more clear to you. A weight is not a sin. We'll talk about sins later. A weight is something that just hinders us. It's not necessarily a sin. could become a sin, but very often they're just things that hold us down. Luke 12, 15 says, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greeds. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. So as we're traveling to heaven, many of us have backpacks that are simply loaded with too much stuff, the cares of the world. As we do that, and then we hit what we're in today, a recession is very difficult for us because we learn to acquire all this really without trusting God. And now we're asking God to help sell this, do this, provide this, provide that. He's gracious. He comes back. He does it. But really, in the first place, we need to assess ourselves and say, why do I have all this stuff? You know, sometimes in a garage sale... You look up in your attics here, from up north you have a basement full of boxes. Stuff that you never look into, you never get into, but you've accumulated it for years. What happens is you take it and you put it out in a garage sale. The danger is your neighbors see you have one, they bring their stuff over. What happens? You see some good stuff from them, you buy it, replace it in your basement. And we didn't really get ahead. So we have to be careful. Strip off every weight that slows us down. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Here's the next weight. The weight of good, but not best. Good things can become bad things if they're not the best things. First Corinthians 10:23. I'll read it to you out of the New Living Translation. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. You see, you and I, from time to time, and this is one of those times because it's in the passage, we should simply stop and say, look at my life. In the light of eternity, in the light of a race, is this the best use of my time, my money, and my talents? I've discovered as we mature in the Lord, I have a different mindset than I used to have. You see, life is short. The most valuable thing you have is T I. M-E. That's absolutely without doubt the most valuable thing you have. And so we need to assess ourselves as we're doing life. And it's not that in here are some things that are bad. They're good things. But they probably have taken the place of the best things. I can't tell you what that is in your life. You can. And God could. Remember, Paul said, everything's lawful for me. I can do whatever I want. But he says, in the old King James language, not everything is expedient. It isn't going to help me in my race. It's actually going to slow me down. Now, it's not a sin. And so we have to be very careful doing this with other people. I can't run your race. You have to run your own race. And so just ask yourself... Is it the best use of my time, my money, my talents? If it isn't, then ask God to do the best and eliminate that. Strip it off, get rid of it, lay it aside, do whatever's necessary. Next, the weight of fear and worry. I have a few illustrations. This is the weight of fear and worry. It's a king-sized bottle of Tums. Okay? Now I just use that in illustration, not that we're against medicine. You understand that. I'm gonna read you a list. Fear has a friend. The friend's name is Worry. Fear and Worry are friends. And they love to play in our minds a game called What If. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if? I'm going to read you a list. God already spoke to me three days ago when I started writing the list. I had to deal with it. I won't tell you which one. But as I read this list, is there fear and worry? If there is, it slows us down. I'll read the list. The fear of pain, or future pain. The fear of getting in and then getting through college. The fear of a marriage. Am I, am I not going to get married? The fear of loneliness. What am I going to do with this? The fear of the impending divorce. The fear of failure. The fear of losing a loved one. That happens to lots of people as they get older. What am I going to do? The fear of losing a job. The fear of losing a house. The fear of rejection. The fear of approaching death. As you get older, the fear of approaching death. Let's see, how many years? Wow. Well, ask yourself, as I make those lists, you begin playing the what-if game. You see, Satan loves to do one thing, slow us down in our race, and we look at the circumstances of life instead of the God who's in control of our life. Be careful. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, and of love, and a sound mind. Now, think about this. Where does the fear place itself? It's in our minds. It's the what-if game. It hasn't happened, but I'm so... What if I make the wrong decision? I want to move here. I want to go there. I want to take this college course. I want to do this. I'm going to get married to that person. What if I'm 32 and I haven't been married yet? What's going to happen? And our minds just all day, just filled with that. Instead of, God, you're sovereign. Your plans for me is good. It's going to work out. I'm just trusting you for today. The battle is in our minds. We need to stop listening to the lies of Satan and have a sound mind that's based on the principles of the Word of God. If that's you and you're here, fear and worry, just we all have some of it, but if it's too much in your life, just take it out of your bag. Say to God, I want a sound mind. I don't want to be carrying it around anymore. I don't need to do that. I can run the race way better without worry and fear. Turn with me to Philippians 4. You know the verse, but I want to just share it for a moment. Amazingly, sometimes we forget context. Paul wrote this verse while he was in prison. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Simply present your request to God. Notice what comes. And the peace of God. See, the peace of God is the opposite of worry and anxiety. The what if goes away. The what if says, God's in control, it's okay. Yeah, but Pastor Mike, I still don't have any answers. He does. Relax. It's going to be all right. And the peace of God, which transcends all our understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. That's where the mind is, in Christ Jesus. Paul was still running his race while he was in prison. He set aside the weight of fear and worry. You say, well, he couldn't be running his race. Well, yes, he was. What was he doing? He was witnessing to all the guards. He couldn't get out and do what he wanted to do, but God had him there. So he just used the talents God had, and he continued to run the race. Right thinking always replaces fear, worry, and what if. Right biblical thinking always replaces it. Remind yourself, Paul says, strip off every weight. This is one, by the way, that I have to strip off from time to time myself, just like you do. Let me make a point, and then we'll move on quickly. It's not like you went, praise God, thank you for showing me that, Pastor Mark, i removed that sucker. No problem. Let me fast forward three months. And you look in your bag, and what do you have? You went and bought another one, a bigger economy bottle at Sam's. You're back to what? Fear and worry. Why do I say that? Because, see, the race never ends until your foot gets into heaven. So there's from time to time, I have to go back and strip it off again. And I say, How did it get in there? I know better. What is wrong with me? Anybody relate to what I'm just talking about? And we know it shouldn't be in there, but we do it. And so we have to persevere. We have to keep looking at the bag. What's hindering me?
0: Pastor Mark taught today about running your life as a Christ follower. He spoke about the fact that God never intended for this to be a solo race for you. You need others alongside you to be successful. Pastor Mark also taught about things in your past that can hold you back. He talked about how you can get rid of those past problems as well as ones you might be dealing with right now. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. You'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark's going to be wrapping up his teaching, The Race of Faith. He'll be talking about having the right perspective of life and learning how to prioritize the things in your life so that you can serve God better. He'll teach you how you need to put aside things like fear and worry. You'll learn about the grace of God to help you stop the what-ifs in your life. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue through the book of Hebrews. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His word made flesh in a hurting to you